What's up, everyone? It's me, AJ, and you're listening to Housewives Happy Hour with AJ, and it's time for After Hour Tea. Welcome back, everyone, to After Hour Tea. Today, I'm going to be beginning with Beverly Hills. Um, So I have um, an episode of Just Be with Bethany Frankel, um, which is Bethany Frankel's podcast, an episode that came out on October 26th, uh, where she dished all about her cameo on Beverly Hills during season six, if you guys remember. It was during the crossover episode, Bethany had the Beverly Hills cast visit her house in the Hamptons. Um, fans saw Bethany butt heads with Beverly Hills newbie at the time, Erica Jane, but it turns out that there was much more to the story that fans did not see. Um, Bethany claims that the Beverly Hills cast was acting two-faced towards newbie Erica and wanted Bethany to do all of their dirty work. So what she had to say, this is what she said on her podcast, I've been in a crossover episode. I was in that episode when Erica came over to my house. They were all sending me things ahead of time that she was in, sending me sexy videos that she was in. They were telling me about her rolling their eyes. That wasn't the caliber of person they wanted for Beverly Hills. They also thought she was boring. Um, She continued by saying, They brought her over to my house and they hadn't said a single thing to her face. They wanted me to be the person that said what they were all thinking. I got it and I understand why the producers wanted that as well. They tiptoe the most. The Beverly Hills housewives are terrified to say what they really feel. They have to say what is politically correct and what will not be taken wrong. They are the most calculated in that regard. I do have to say that I kind of agree with Bethany. I mean, I do notice that the Beverly Hills women tiptoe around, you know, issues throughout the seasons. But I have to say that um, for some reason it seems to work. I mean, there's certain housewives that don't tiptoe and it kind of switches every season, right? So last year we had, you know, people like Rinna coming for Denise the whole season. Um, And there was a few, few of them not coming for her, like Dorit. Dorit didn't come for her at all. And then now we have this year, we have nobody coming for Erica besides Sutton. So I feel like um, it it kind of just varies by the season, but it somehow seems to work. Um, The Beverly Hills ratings were really good last year. um, And that's not something that we could say about New York, even though Bethany's not on it. I just have to say that, you know, Beverly Hills was pretty much leading uh, during this COVID year or, you know, end of pandemic, you know, bring back of housewives. So I feel like we do owe it a little bit to them just because it was it was a really great season. However, I, I do know what she's saying, where she's saying that the, the ladies do kind of tiptoe, because they do. Um, but like I said, it somehow seems to work. I don't really know how, but it does. <laughs> Moving on from that, I have some very interesting information that I thought Beverly Hills fans would really like to hear. So it turns out that Erica wasn't telling the whole truth when she told her um, her co-stars that she had no idea about the now infamous LA Times article that exposed her um, uh, her relation, you know, her ex-husband, whatever. I don't even know if they were actually divorced. Um, estranged husband, Tom's uh, alleged crimes. So during one episode of Beverly Hills, Erica told her uh, castmates, I don't have a heads up on, on an LA Times article. Nobody calls me to say, hey, by the way, this piece is coming out on you. She added that the article was a hit piece. So according to, and and this is this is according to Los Angeles Times staffers, Matt Hamilton and Harriet Ryan. Um, they did speak to Erica and revealed that she was aware of the article before it was published. They also added that um, Erica was given the opportunity to comment on the allegations, but she did not. 
Um, this is what Hamilton, Matt Hamilton had to say. This whole obsession with whether Erica knew our story would be published was frustrating to observe. It became a distraction from the central allegations of the story. The root of the fixation is whether Erica left La Quinta to escape the scrutiny of the other cast members, which I found somewhat irrelevant. So what if she did? It's really an anchory issue given the enormity of what was going on. We had reached out to Erica's publicist and later attorney to get a comment. We sought comment on the lawsuit that accused the Girardis of a sham divorce. Two days before our story was published in mid-December, we sent questions to her representatives. We did not specify when the story would go live online, but gave a sharp deadline of the day prior. Um, when she called the story a hit piece, I thought either she do doesn't know what the term means or she didn't read it. Um... Before I comment on any of that, I still have more about what they said. They also commented on what Bravo showed throughout the season 11. Um, they said the widows and orphans and other alleged victims of Girardi mostly remain out of the picture. And if they're discussed, it's in a vague or remote way or as rhetorical bludgeons. Um, their suffering and loss really gets short, sh um, short shrift compared to the other topics that absorb attention. The show also skirted the mechanics of Erica's escape from her marriage. When did she hire a lawyer? How does she pay her assistant? How and when does she hire a moving truck? When did she put her rent down on her new residence? The logistics are intense, especially considering she was also filming. And Bravo cameras caught none of this. How did that happen? The timing of her divorce at the start of the season, she presents their marriage as solid. They're chatting over breakfast every morning. Then she files for divorce and says Girardi was unfaithful and verbally abusive to her for years. And she stayed only because her substantial Beverly Hills checks were sent to Girardi Keith's office. Couldn't she have just called Bravo HR and changed the address? Even if she did feel handcuffed financially all those years, what specifically changed in November of 2020? Um, uh, also, they did say as for what they learned about Tom and Erica's life from watching this season of Beverly Hills, they said, my main takeaway was the portrait of this of the somewhat bleak inner life of the Girardi marriage last year's, the power imbalance, his multiple affairs, the financial control that Tom allegedly wielded, the attempts by Erica to get Tom help, the ring of people that surrounded Tom and Eric, um, the ring of people that surrounded Tom and limited Erica's access. I think, um, and the reason I'm sharing this with you guys is because I think that these two gentlemen who work for Los Angeles Times hit the nail on the head. I mean, talk about you know, diving in deep. I mean, honestly, that's pretty much to the extent of what we got this season. I know that there was so much more that, you know, was left kind of with a lot of questions. And I think that the ladies are not necessarily to blame for that. I think Erica's to blame for that because I think there are some things that she could have been more open about that she wasn't. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit because I want to talk about this LA Times article and how... Um, you know, about the whole heads up situation. Personally, myself, I don't really see, um, you know, looking back on that scene where, um, or like the day before the LA Times article came out, she did seem a little off. And I think she knew that there was going to be this big article coming out. Um, or, I mean, she did know. We just, I just told you guys that. But what I'm saying is she definitely did have that heads up. And I think if you go back and you watch those scenes, it's really interesting because she, her behavior is substantially different. Um, it, it's not like, you know, she was completely shocked by this and the fact that she wasn't there when the article came out and all the ladies were reading it was a little telling. So I, I do think that it was really weird that she lied about that because I don't really see why. Um, I don't really see why it was, um, I mean, she could have just not wanted to be around the women with this article coming out, but at the same time, it's like, you know, 
what is there that she needs to be hiding? Um, I think it was just, you know, honestly, I think the the answer to this question is, um, you know, her lawyers wanted her to stay out of it. They just the, It was best to just stay out of it. I don't even think her lawyers knew how big that this was really going to become. Um, I, I think not only did she know, but I don't think her lawyers really knew how big this truly was. Um, but anyways, I thought this was a really um, interesting piece of information and I thought I would share it with you guys because to me, I, I really wanted to believe her that she did not know that this article was coming out. But if we have two staffers that are saying detailed information about when they sent her questioning and all that stuff and she didn't respond to that, then that's just very telling, you know. Closing off of Beverly Hills, I have some rather unfortunate news to share with you guys. If you do not follow Lisa Rinna on Instagram, she shared on Wednesday night that her mom, Lois, had a stroke. She shared the news via her Instagram saying that she knows fans would want to know since they love and adore her so much, which we do. Um, so she posted a video of Lois dancing um, and said, I know how much you appreciate and love Lois, so I need to tell you that she has had a stroke. I am with her now, so let's celebrate her and send her so much love while she transitions. I was so conflicted to share this very sad news with you, but I know you would want to know. Um, so obviously there's really nothing else to say besides um, prayers to uh, Rena and her family. That's just heartbreaking to hear. So I hope Lois is okay, and I hope that she has kind of a speedy recovery from this stroke. Moving on from that, um, I know we've kind of... I've briefly talked about um some drama going on behind the scenes over in new york with bethany um or i'm sorry not bethany ramona and ebony um so ramona is shutting down some reports that she allegedly made racist comments about um her co-star ebony according to a new report by page six an alleged racist comment made by ramona ended up canceling the third of the season 13 reunion and forcing bravo to launch an investigation a production source told Page Six that Ramona said, this is why we shouldn't have black people on the show about Ebony after Luann kicked the Roni newbie out of her home. However, Ramona denies making the comments. Um, she said in a statement, I never said that. It's a terrible lie. It's very disappointing that even after my name was cleared that people still want to slander me. Um, whether or not that's true, um, the um, Ramona then noted that she signed a confidentiality agreement and couldn't share her side of the story. As a result of the incident, a source claims that Ramona had to undergo sensitivity training. However, a second source says that um, all Real Housewives cast members have to go through these programs. Um, this all came to light following a report from TMZ um, that revealed ahead of the season 13 reunion, Ebony filed a formal complaint of racism against Ramona, which resulted in a third-party investigation. Um, Roni cast and crew members sat down for interviews as part of the investigation that ultimately cleared Ramona. No proof corroborating Ebony's claim was found. This investigation took weeks and kept forcing Bravo to push back filming for the 13, season 13 reunion. At the end of the investigation, Bravo felt it was too late to film the reunion. Um, a source told TMZ it was already a low-rated season, so there were concerns about who would tune in three months later. It turns out Ebony wasn't the only one to file a formal complaint against Ramona. A crew member did the same prior to Ebony's claim, which is why Ebony felt so strongly in making an official report about Ramona's alleged behavior. Uh, meanwhile, reports are floating around that Ramona and Sonia are the only Season 13 cast members that are returning for Season 14. So I will update you guys when I know more information, but that is the, um, the scoop with New York currently. I'm going to move on over to OC. So uh, we have a premiere date. We have new cast photos. We have 
um, two new housewives and their introductions. I think this is really exciting. Um, I first off have to say that I've posted the cast photo as well as the season trailer over at my Instagram at Housewives Happy Hour. Um, so let's get to know the new housewives. Um, we have Jen Armstrong. Um, after meeting Gina and Emily last year, aesthetic MD Dr. Jen Armstrong immediately integrates into the group by performing cosmetic procedures on the ladies. Emotionally guarded at first, Jen develops a quick bond with Heather, but has trouble making a real connection with Noella, who is a, also a new cast member. Um, married to her husband, Ryan. Um, she is a proud mother to three children. She embodies the alpha female persona as she runs her own practice, provides for her family, and helps her mom prepare for a move to the OC. Dr. Jen has always been an overachiever and is now launching a division of her practice that specializes in unique magnetic brain treatment. Sounds like a great housewife edition for me. Um, also, we have Noella Bergener. Bergener. Um, Noella Bergener's world is turned upside down when her husband unexpectedly files for divorce. Her lavish lifestyle gets ripped out from underneath her as the divorce poses questions about her financial future while she cares for her children. While her shocking predicament makes the others question what is really going on, Noella finds solace in her friendship with a sympathetic Shannon. With news of a recent death in her family, Noella finds her emotions, patience, and friendships tested, but that doesn't keep her from doubling down and speaking her mind, even when it results in a fiery backlash. I gotta say, I have no complaints so far. I'm really excited to meet these new ladies. I'm really excited to see Heather back on our screens. I just can't wait to see what she brings to the show now. It really feels like a new franchise, and I know that we're on uh, 16th season, 16th going strong. Last last season wasn't too good, but um, we are doing great, and I, I honestly cannot wait for this new season. I think it's going to be really great. Moving on over to Potomac, I have um, just one thing to share with you guys. Candace's infamous Twitter rants aren't going anywhere anytime soon, and that is pretty clear. Um, she went off on Twitter following part one of the season six reunion. While Candace threw some shade in her rant, um, she mainly focused on revealing how much she's struggling with her mental health due to the lies fans are allegedly spreading about her on social media. It all started when Candace tweeted, like I said, I'm a cause of scene. Yeah. Which if you know, um, or which if you didn't know, if a lyric to one of her songs, um, I didn't know that, um, a fan took the opportunity to call out Candace for hurting people and making fun of her, um, making fun of others' flaws. Uh, the fan wrote, you hurt people. You have no idea the hurt and anguish you cause. Please stop making fun of people's flaws. Please. Um, Candace replied and revealed that she's been suicidal and on anxiety medication because of fans' lies. Um, she said, girl, shut up. When you're on anxiety meds and praying to God, you don't take your own life because of the hurt and lies that people like you perpetuate because you don't like me on a TV show. Come talk to me. Until then, actually shut the fuck up. Um... Sorry, I'm reading through some of these tweets that I have saved. Um, she has another uh, another tweet that she replied to somebody. It says, like many of my coworkers, I limit my comments so that roaches and other vermin who mean nothing but harm can't crawl in and leave their droppings. Why you animals are so obsessed with commenting on someone you don't like is beyond me. Prioritize your health no matter what. It's important than anything else. Retweet this. Um... I don't know. So I'm, I'm like reading through these tweets, but at the same time, first of all, I want to say because I have anxiety and I think a lot of us do, um, I, I sympathize with her on that. Um, and I, I, I'm sorry that she goes through that. 
I don't think that it has anything to do with... I mean, if it has to do with fans' lies, I mean, shouldn't you just leave the show then? Like, if it's really affecting you that much to that level, I mean, if it were me, I would... If it was truly affecting me to the point where I thought I was going to take my own life, um, I definitely would walk away from that situation. Um, So I don't know if she's just saying that for attention, because that would be absolutely terrible if she's saying that for attention. Um, here's the thing with, that I've noticed with Candace, and, um, I, I mean, I don't want to talk shit about her because I, you know, I'd love to sit down and interview her one day. I really would. Um, but at the same time, um, she, and I have to agree with Andy because if, if y'all watch the reunion, Andy did come for her a little bit. At what point is it going to be enough? I mean, she could just take the higher road in so many different situations. I mean, does she have to come for Ashley and talk about her forehead and calling her a milkmaid, and, like, like Candace, I mean, Ashley, like, doesn't go after Candace's looks at all, so what I don't understand is why she goes after Ashley's, and she's saying that she, you know, she responds to people's hate, but um, Ashley has not gone for her looks at all, and that's what I just don't get. There's a certain level that you shouldn't stoop to, and I think that um, Candace always goes to that. It's similar to Kelly Dodd in a way, um, and Kelly Dodd was great for ratings, but I think at this point people are just kind of sick of the um, the constant perpetuating that Candace does to everybody. And I was really, really shocked to hear Giselle um, in a clip say that um, you know if Mia had hit her, um, she would have stood back and just said okay. Which is crazy because last what last season everybody went down Monique's throat for actually physically assaulting Candace when at the same time, you know, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I mean, we've literally talked about this Candace versus Monique. I've had Monique on this podcast before. We've talked about this many, many times. Um, what I will say is that um, I want to know for Candace what at what point will be enough. Because I get coming after somebody for coming after you, but at what point is it going to be enough where you take a step back and say, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna comment on that, or I don't, I don't stoop to that level, because there's many housewives who have succeeded in the past by getting through that, um, and I, I think that she comes off a little bit strong sometimes, and um, I do think it's a little annoying. I do. <laughs> I'm gonna close off today with uh, Salt Lake City. So long before Jen Shaw was arrested, um, her longtime friend Meredith had some concerns about her questionable business practices. Um, Meredith talked with um, a new, she has a new interview out with thethings.com, which I haven't heard of before, where she talked about Jen's arrest. So when asked whether she had any misgivings about Jen's business dealings before her arrest in March 2021, Meredith replied, yeah, of course I did. As a businesswoman, I do consider myself intelligent, and despite that, I couldn't understand what she did. So that was a question mark to me. I had asked her when we first met, and she said she uh, she had these marketing companies, and she had three of them, and I didn't quite understand why she needed three. That didn't make sense to me. Um, She also added, "Why was there why was there no marketing or marketing Why was there no marketing of her marketing companies?" Uh, Meredith continued by saying, then she talked about writing algorithms, which is something totally different and a, a lead generation and all these different things. And I was just like, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, my friend Meredith, we are with you on that. It doesn't make sense to us either. Um, I still to this day don't understand what she does. I mean, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before, but I ultimately do not understand what her business does and how she made that kind of money doing that. Um I mean, it only makes sense that it was a scam all along because 
the, it's just crazy how much money that she has. Um, and I just can't imagine she getting that from a marketing company. But um, to each his own, and it's none of my business. We're just here to dish and talk about it. <laughs> well, my friends, we have reached the end of After RT. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if I have some new listeners, um, I'm going to be doing your uh, flash filming update for the week. So Atlanta is currently filming. Beverly Hills is currently filming. Real Housewives of Miami will be airing in December. Real Housewives of New Jersey will not be airing until February of 2022. New York is still on hiatus. Orange County will be airing on December 1st. It's a Thursday? Wednesday? One of those days. I don't know. I don't have a calendar in front of me. Um, Potomac is still airing the reunion on Sundays. And Salt Lake City is still airing on Sundays. And Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip will be airing on November 18th. November 18th, yes. The first three episodes will be available to stream on Peacock. AJ, I don't have Peacock. I can't watch it. Well, it's free. So all you have to do is download Peacock um, and you can watch it with ads. Um, If you have Peacock Premium included with your TV provider, you don't have to watch ads and it's just like watching Netflix. So it's really cool. Um, (laughs) There's your um, little... I, I Seriously, guys, think you should download Peacock because there's a lot of Bravo stuff on there. You can watch Below Deck. You can watch Real Housewives. Um, They just uploaded all the seasons of Real Housewives of Miami, so you can go back and watch the first three seasons if you choose to. Um, But yeah, I recommend downloading Peacock. It's really fucking cool. So um, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you know when the new episodes arrive. If you have any news to share, feel free to message me so I can talk about all your favorite tea. Follow me on Instagram at Housewives Happy Hour with AJ for updates on the podcast and the latest news regarding all things Housewives. Until next time, this was Housewives Happy Hour with AJ.